Guys, we are back with a new episode of The Reality of Hollywood where we talk about all the things business-related, creatively, but also having the right mindset, right? We talked about that. And today, with special guest filmmaker Ryan Schell. Check this out. Yeah, my lovely people, we are back in the building with a new episode of The Reality of Hollywood. And as I mentioned, I already have a very special guest tonight. I'm so glad that he made it because he told me already that he was kind of speechless last night because he watched the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. But I hope he can talk today. Filmmaker Ryan Show. Hi, Benjamin. Thanks for having me. And yes, hey. I've, I got some rest, so I'm, <laughs> I'm still recovering from it but i'm good to go I, I remember when i got your message i was like okay is he okay I'm, I'm not sure is he fine because the movie must have been like crazy good, well huh? for me it's like casino real was the first feature film that i saw by myself in theaters right and my mom and sister saw happy feet right so it was like kind of like a big experience of like my entertainment watching life wow and like um the other movies were a huge part of like my education career right so for me it's like 15 years of these Craig movies has been a right. huge part of my life. So it's kind of like last night was kind of like an end of a chapter of my entertainment watching life. That was basically the end of his era, right? So yeah. He, that was his last movie. Yeah. Right? Technically, and, I can't say much, but these five movies are basically one story. Right. Right. So, right. so for me, it's like the end of his era, but also like right. the end of like kind of like the James Bond yeah, experience. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I really liked him as a James Bond. We're definitely going to talk about that a little bit. I haven't watched it yet, so I just want to get your feedback on that. Totally. But we, before we get into that, I just want to get like more understanding about your background. I mean, you also moved to LA. We talked already mm -hmm. about that a couple of years ago. Yeah. But can you just ex please explain to the audience a little bit more what are your background, where you're coming from, and why did you got into film? Yeah, so um, one of my first things that I did, actually the first thing I did was I was a YouTube personality when I was um, 16 years old. So I was a junior in high school. Nice. And I talked about like movie, like I, I did like movie reviews, Blu-ray unboxings. Right. Um, I did like trailer reactions to a lot of like famous movies like The Avengers or like Guardians of the Galaxy. And it was like I was acting, I was editing, sound mixing doing like the graphics of the pictures of like the movies or blu-rays yeah and then i was um i did two years of film school in my high school class right so um beginning and intermediate and um 2006 was kind of the beginning of when i like was starting to get into movies in okay. a way i remember um this july 4th um event and like there was like this live orchestra and then they were playing the raiders of the lost ark opening scene with right. the boulder and i was so like like, like, kind of like amazed by it, and right. I was kind of starting to buy Blu-rays, like DVDs, and I was going to the movies sometimes, like bike riding from like my dad's home to the theater, and I was just so like engaged in like entertainment culture. Right. So for me, it's like I've always had TV, films, and music in my life. Yeah. There's also a lot of my projects have music and film together. Right. And um, I think it was just a lot of like experiences with the entertainment and pop culture life that kind yeah. of brought me to kind of working full time. And, yeah. and where are you from originally? Because you're not born and raised in it. Yeah, so I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Right. So there's a city called Santa Clara. That was like, I was technically born in a hospital, but I was born and raised in San Jose, basically Silicon Valley. Nice. So if you don't know um, the Bay Area well, so like think of like the Facebook headquarters, Twitter, um, all those like big Apple type of locations. Right. Yeah, that's where that's, that's definitely where what we know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that means for you personally, because we already or I personally talked to some people already, and everyone always has kind of a moment, kind of a situation in life when we felt like, hey, I definitely want to go into film or entertainment and filmmaking. Yeah. That's that's part of me. I definitely know that already right now at yeah. a very young age. Yeah. So that was the moment for you just you just described, right? But did you already know at that point what you really wanted to do in the film industry or entertainment industry? What is it? Was it clear already for you? I don't think it was like f a full vision yet of like yeah. the like the job positions I wanted. Yeah. But I definitely remember when I took my first year of film school in my high school class. That like I remember like watching the Social Network for the first time, and it was like 
great movie. I've never seen like a movie like so like artsy and poetic. Yeah. So I was like studying like a lot of editing. Yeah. And I was also editing a lot with my YouTube videos. Right. So I definitely did a lot of editing. Yeah. Um, and I did like a lot of camera and like directing during that class. Right. So for me, I wasn't like full on like I want to be a director or like you know like an actor. But in the moment, I definitely did a lot of editing during right, that time. Right. And honestly, I definitely wanted to talk about that for a second because we actually met on set a couple of years already, yeah. like a couple of years ago, right? On the a Doctor's Monster, which honestly, you guys have to check it out. By the way, I think it's a really fun movie to watch, right? It's I mean, something. Like, it's definitely something for sure. Very interesting, very experimental. Yeah, I feel like right. And what I always appreciated about you, and I really wanted to talk about that for a second. When you came to LA and you talked to me about that already, is that you always felt like, hey guys, I'm new to this town. I do whatever it takes to get into it, to get into the business, mm -hmm. to get into the entertainment industry. Yeah. Even if that means I'm going to be a production assistant, I'm going to do editing, I'm going to do all these things because I know I want to know about all those things. And yeah. then eventually at some point, I'm becoming my own filmmaker, director and do my own projects as well. Mm -hmm. And I really like that attitude because I feel like a lot of people just think, hey, I'm just coming to L.A. I have my vision. I'm going to be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, so how do you how did you set your mindset to to basically always telling yourself, hey, this is just step by step. This is step on the go. I know exactly what I'm doing. And this is my main goal. Mm -hmm. But I have these certain steps and I do different positions in order to get there. Yeah. How did you set your mind to that? It's interesting because when I started, um my film career, um, I was like doing a lot of directing, editing, videography, a lot of one man, one man bands right. for different like, I did like a fitness startup, that was my first job when I graduated college. I did like events, music videos, kind of like short content, and I did a lot of editing for short docs and other stuff. So I did have like a good portfolio before I moved to Los Angeles, but like when you're in LA, you're like a, like a little fish in a big pool. When I was in the Bay Area, the film industry is much smaller. A lot of people, a lot of people know each other. So for me, when I moved to LA, this is kind of like for me. I knew a few people, but a lot of those people, you know, they're not going to give you a job all the time. Mm. So with the Doctor's Monster that we did, mm. I remember um, Renee Garcia, who was the first AD. That's right. Um, she got me the job, and so like, and I did some other PA stuff, like to pay the bills sometimes in San Francisco. Right. So for me, it's the mindset of you know, when you do these different jobs, you know, like I could be a production assistant, but also sometimes do like lighting and like DP and director can teach me some stuff. Yeah. I could learn from that experience That's or right. like if there is like I did like some wedding um, videos for like a, that same colleague. Right. And it was like a good rate. You know, yeah. I, I did that to like pay my my groceries, but also like learn the craft of editing and also coverage. Right. So for me, it's like I feel that you truly learn from every experience. So like. For example, For sure. I did America's Got America's Got Talent a few months ago as Oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I so that. I, I was a contestant wrangler slash production um, department staff, and I learned a lot about timing with actors, how to work with actors when they're kind of foreign. Right. So it's all about these different jobs and skill sets that I've learned from every experience to my end goal. So for me, like I would love, I'm kind of like Taika Waititi. I do everything. Yeah. So he's a great director, writer, producer actor so for me it's like i there's so much i want to do but I, right. I my angle is ultimately directing but i feel that there's so much jobs that you could be adaptable mm -hmm. for to like make a living yeah you're totally right and thank you so much for saying that because uh, the audience might remember we also had victoria here and she was having kind of the same mindset because she even told me and she always says that actually that if i want to be a director and filmmaker being on set doing my own project Mm -hmm. I want to know what my crew is doing and how they do it. And the best way of getting to know that is by doing it myself. Yeah. So that's how she started because she always wanted to know every position. Because if you're asking someone for something in this position, you want to know, is that something you can even ask that person? Is that something that this person could do? Is that person responsible yeah. for it? And if you know because you did it yourself... You can you know how to answer and basically how totally. to ask those questions, right? So I definitely appreciate that very much. So and by the way, talking about um, this reality show that you just did, like that you just talked about a couple mm -hmm. months ago, how would you compare? Let's say the production. Obviously, it's different than fiction, but how would you compare the organization 
let's say comparing it to that show and let's say the doctor's monster as a feature film just Ooh. to get kind of an idea even for the audience i think it's very interesting to have someone here who works on like who worked on the americans got talent show yeah right? which i think is a very interesting comparison at the end of the day mm -hmm. so how do you feel about that now i feel that for like high prolific projects like nbc yeah uh, there's a lot more crew members right so there's like so much things that you can do in like few minutes so for example when i was a contestant wrangler you know there was like the associate producer that communicated with me so there was like a lot more fluidity and strong communication all the time yeah and with like indie films sometimes like there's so much that you can do with like with just so many different jobs that sometimes you have to do like like a film slate you know that's the second ac thing but sometimes you have to do it just because right. there's so much money and budget you can do so for me it's like like I said, like prolific like television shows like America's Got, America's Got Talent is a much more like a lot more people, bigger budget. There's more like hands that, you, that can do small tasks. Mm -hmm. But for like films or other stuff, sometimes you have to do so many different things. For sure. But it all, for me, it all depends on the budget. Like I'm doing American Idol um, next week. So. Oh, really? Like, yeah. So nice. that'll be like kind of like me like doing a lot of different things. I'm basically... You know, like a production assistant, but there's so many different production assistants that can do so many different things. Right. But for indie films, it's like you, you can only do one thing. And and that's so great that you just say that because let's say production assistant. I think at um, a Doctor's Monster, I think you you were a production yeah. assistant, right? But again, a couple of years back, so now you do different stuff, uh, yeah. obviously. So I just wanted to ask you, what do you think is kind of still kind of an undervalued role on set? To be honest, do you think there's something where you feel like, hey, you know what? I think we should give those people more credits on set. They're definitely responsible for kind of so much, but people usually don't even see it as that. So what would you say is that position? Well, definitely the um, production assistant employees. Right. So like, for example, with the Doctor's Monster, I was sometimes doing the slate. I was like helping like right. the, um, the gaffer with like bringing the equipment. So like those employees are the ones yeah. that bring a lot of smoothness behind the scenes oh you did everything by the way i remember yeah. right now clearly in front of you you did everything I yeah mean, it's just like this guy honestly if you haven't been on set you've been in the car driving around doing this this and that yeah. and out of a sudden people are like where's ryan i think ryan is just picking something up right now i said really i thought he was at the camera like five minutes ago <laughs> seriously yeah, that was totally. crazy you did everything and i really appreciated that back then already and it's like wow and now look at you yeah which is the best proof to me that if you basically work your ass off excuse mm -hmm. my french you can get anywhere in this town you know you yeah. just have to work hard and really just like get your head down and just get the work done right yeah so. for me like in the moment um that project that we did it was a lot like for oh, example it was a 30 degree increase from san francisco where it's always foggy and cold to la it was like i was sweating i was like dizzy all the time i just my that job was like the day after i moved but i like i put my head down you know i did like the yeah. work i did as much as i can right. and i got more connections from that so for me it's like production assistants are production assistants are very undervalued in my opinion and Ryan, you say so many great things already today, but also what you just said is so true to me. I think yeah. also at the end of the day, what people don't really see as much. So let's say people say, yeah, you know, I can work as a production assistant, but I just don't want to do that every time. But then you just said, said something so wisely, honestly, the connection. At the yeah. end of the day, I'm always thinking like people, even if you believe that the production assistant position is so stressful right now and it's the kind of the low key position and you do everything, I'm always saying like you met so many great people on set, right? And yeah. I remember even after you worked on Doctor's Monster, you even got follow projects because of that. Because I remember Renee was so impressed by your work ethic mm -hmm. that she gave you more projects after it. Yeah. And because of that, you met different people on these projects and yeah. so on and so forth. So it's kind of a like a, for me, like a long chain mm -hmm. of different positions of different work ethics that you combine to create a yeah. bigger picture. And I think you do that brilliantly. And so would you would you agree that's basically exactly how people should think about that coming to this town? Yeah, I think in my opinion, like Los Angeles is like the city of stars. Like it could be right. anyone. So for example, exactly. like I, I've run into so many people mm -hmm. that like have like big egos when they arrive to LA. Like they're like a hot shot. <laughs> 
in like Idaho, like being director, like producer and all that. But when you're here, it's like right. sometimes like you got to do the work that you don't want to do. And it's menial to get the work that you eventually want to do. So, for example, Amen. when I what's what's a good example? So um, like when I did America's Got Talent, it was a lot of stuff sometimes when a PA was on the lunch break. But I got more connections from that. You know, so it's like a chain reaction. So even if you don't like doing some jobs, like you could still like have a good time connecting with people and all that. For so sure. for me, it's like, you know, like for me, being a set PA is kind of like a day job when my like director or like actor or other higher jobs aren't happening. But yeah. I don't mind it because I'm meeting people and learning behind the scenes of how first ADs work, producers, directors. So you don't have to like, you know, focus all the time on like getting the highest job for me it's all about sometimes when work is slow you could just do like a pa job and like learn from other experiences and meet more people for sure and i also believe that people appreciate that even you know even if you if you're basically on set and you say you know what i do it I, maybe that's not even part of my position here right now but you know what you need help right now i'm gonna do it yeah and i truly believe that people remember it they definitely remember it and the mm -hmm. funny thing is we even talked about that in a different episode Let's say the production assistants of today might be the next executive in 10, 15 years. Totally. You never know. And I'm always talking to my actor friends, even in Europe or outside the country who want to come to L.A. Mm -hmm. And I'm always saying, guys, if you want to establish yourself and you want to create your own showreel, work on student films, work on short films, you know, because you never know who you meet on set. Because the guy who's yeah. doing the short film right now might be the next big Hollywood director yeah. or filmmaker or whatever in mm -hmm. 10, 15 years. And you definitely want to know those people. Yeah. So I'm always thinking that the, the kind of um, exception or perception, actually, I, I should say, a lot of people have. And I even had that myself when I got into the film industry the very first time. I was like, okay, that's my goal. I definitely have my give myself two years. And if I haven't met my goal, okay, I'm done, right? And then mm -hmm. you realize and then you meet reality. And I think that's very important. That's key to understand. As soon as you come into this town or you basically get into the industry, you cannot miss the reality. And you meet the reality and you realize, hey, mm -hmm. just because you believe you can make it in two years or in one year or maybe next week, doesn't mean that that's that's reality because yeah. i think you're gonna have like a wake-up call at some point and you just realize um oh okay it's five years already okay and i'm still on it but i still love it and i think that brings me to something i also wanted to ask you mm -hmm. how much you think it's important to really love the journey not just thinking mm -hmm. about the end goal that you have in mind obviously every day that keeps you motivated but also really enjoying the journey really doing and being part of the industry mm. How much do you think is important to really have that in order to keep going? In my experience, like, obviously, like, when you're young, like, when I graduated, I was only 23. Yeah. And, like, you know, sometimes when I was living in San Francisco, like, the housing crisis and all that, it was tough in the moment. Yeah. But, like, I follow, like, Brendan Bouchard, Tony Robbins, like, personal development people. Mm. And those people talked about, like, sometimes you just got to, like, embrace this, like, on, it's called honor the struggle. Because like all the experiences and struggles that you've had will lead you to bigger and better things. So, for, sure. for example, there's a quote that says, no, not yet. So if, if I didn't get this huge Disney Plus job, I could get something else the next week. So for me, it's important to like, even if the journey could be hard sometimes, you got to embrace the journey because eventually as you get older, you will appreciate those experiences. So when I started... LA for the first time the first few months obviously everyone has their own story with the hardships of living in LA for the first time or any big film industry city mm. but now I'm grateful for the tough experiences that I had because it led me to where I am now so for, to answer your question yeah. I think it is important to honor the, honor the journey and you, you're so right I think like we have to struggle sometimes in order to appreciate yeah. what we achieved yeah, I think honestly, I'm, I'm struggling with that even myself sometimes to really like understand, okay, you, you should stop sometimes and just even look back. Yeah, I was never really a big fan of looking back. I was mm -hmm. always trying, maybe that's my personality. I was always trying to look forward, mm -hmm. you know, looking to the, the next big yeah. thing, the next thing. But I really also learned for myself, since I'm in this town, to be honest, I leave, even learned so much about myself. And one of the things is that sometimes you got to stop and reflect and look back and really see how far you've come already. 
mm-hmm. and what you achieved already. Because I really believe like in this kind of hustling mode that we're always in, right, in this town, which yeah. is a hustler, as we all know, right? That's the main word people always talk <laughs> yeah. about, the hustle, right? Yeah. You kind of, I think, forget about that. You forget about to just even stop. Just reflect on yourself and just see what you've already accomplished and what you've done already and people you met already yeah. and all these kind of things. And I really have to remind myself almost every week, to be honest, you know, that I should do that too yeah. because it helps me to to keep me moving and to stay positive too mm-hmm. because that's also sometimes something that I talk to uh, even a, a lot of actors actually mm-hmm. because you just said something like if something is not working out for you, that you have to stay positive and just keep moving, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same with auditions for actors, for myself, obviously. That's one of the main things, right? We get a yeah. hundred no's and we always ask ourselves, okay, why? I felt like I was okay. Mm-hmm. Why is it a no again, right? Yeah. But then you just learn, hey, that's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. And you let go and yeah. they just move on. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's easier than, than done, you know? That's easier totally, said than yeah. done. And I, I really kind of always remind myself and I always wanted to ask you too, how do you do that? So let's say if you have a moment in life or let's say whatever on a day and you feel like, oh, damn, I, I, I definitely wanted to have that project and now it didn't work out for me. How do you overcome those situations and kind of move on with life still staying positive? Ooh. I know it's a deep question, but yeah. I think it's very important for answer, the audience yeah. because I'm always trying to make them understand, hey, it's great to be in this town, but it's not always working out for you you know and Mm -hmm. how do you personally deal with with, uh, such situations Mm. so a good example is when i mentioned that disney plus project Mm. so it actually happened to me so um a few months ago like you know like when i woke up i saw this job on staff me up that said disney plus feature and i love disney plus you know like wandavision is great i love loki and mandalorian (laughs) and all that who doesn't (laughs) yeah so for me and that was like three months or so and that's like you know i'm saving up for a car next year right so it's like and i long story short i didn't get it it was like a ton of applicants like the hiring process was weird like a lot of references and all that so in the moment i definitely felt a little defeated Mm. but for me it's like in the moment i just feel a little bit like crushed but based on what i've learned from like brendan Bashar, tony robbins like my friends and colleagues like for example your book i've slowly thought about the quote no not yet i forgot who told me that and i also followed this some um, hollywood um kind of success coach about mindset and um like a good strategy yeah. mindset her name is erica warnick and she talked about like um honoring the struggle kind of like the process of how you go through rejection mm-hmm. and also also for me about my reflections of the past experiences where i got to know or like a project got canceled like a camera broke and then like like the next like shooting day or something so for me it's all about there's always going to be something happening in the future but i know it's in in the moment it's not ideal and it's tough but there's always going to be something for me that could be good or better right that's awesome i think that's positive thinking by the way guys hey you know even if you're not in film or whatever right that's definitely for life that's really a life uh, mm-hmm. advice i really believe that honestly because I, life isn't always perfect mm-hmm. right and i feel like the thing about the film industry and a lot of people know about that it's it's one of the most unpredictable industries totally. obviously right yeah. but i think if you understand and accept it i think acceptance is a big thing too right you got to accept certain things i'm always i'm always a guy honestly still today right i mean you probably know that about me already right i'm always trying to control every situation you know, I'm always trying to feel like, hey, you know what? If I want to have it done like that, it's going to happen that way. And I'm always kind of believing and expecting the outer world to react to what I feel is right for me. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it works. Sometimes you have got to accept that there is kind of an own dynamic out there. And you can't always influence exactly how you want it to. Mm. That's, I think that's really something when you realize that and understand, hey, I have a goal. I have something that I want to do. But if the world or the environment that I live in is not working out for me right now, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I got to accept that now because I, can't, I cannot change it anyway. But if I'm basically trying to get myself down because of that, I'm working against myself. Mm-hmm. That's really something that helped me because every time when I'm doubting it, like something because it didn't work out, I'm always thinking if I doubt myself now, I put kind of a negative energy on myself. Yeah. And if I do that, 
I sense that out to people and people sense the negative energy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what happens is you kind of work against yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest mistake, even I did, still still do sometimes, mm-hmm. that I'm always trying to also talk to people about in Europe or anywhere in the world, trying to basically make them understand, hey, it's not just your time yet. Mm-hmm. What you just said is a great quote, by the way. It's not just your time, but it will come eventually mm-hmm. at some point. So just keep moving and stay positive. Yeah. Because it's so interesting. I'm not sure if you made that experience in LA too. Every time when I feel so positive and I just go out there and I just want to have something to happen and I stay positive, something positive comes my way. And that doesn't always mean that I basically get what I wanted, but something positive happens though. Mm -hmm. Would, Would you agree on that? Isn't that interesting how the world and the dynamic of the world is working for you if you just stay positive? Yes, interesting. So like when I was like younger, yeah. you know, like I think I was 21 or 22, like I had a big um, life milestone about sharing my mental health story. And like I got more opportunities with meeting entrepreneurs, like the entrepreneurial spirit. And I learned a lot about kind of energy vibrations. So for example, if you're negative and like you're petty and like you kind of like, you know, self-sabotage with drugs and alcohol, that's going to be your life. That's it. So like when you create like the positive energy, when you exercise with the endorphins and you eat healthy food, like you, you surround yourself with good people, there's going to be good things coming to you. Yeah. You know, it's the universe is very weird. Like I believe in God and all that, but there's a, there's a big thing with like spiritual energy, like angels in a way too. Mm. So the spirituality and like how you feed yourself, your whole soul it's going to create results in your life. So, like, obviously we all have our down days, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a thing called like post, no, I mean, um, um, seasonal affective disorder, like during December, January, when there's less mm-hmm. um, sun, like for example, in, Al- in Alaska, it has the highest rate of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, like the sun, like how you do your life in your day goes into your results. So when you see like the positive people on Instagram, like, you know, those people like in the results is because of how they create their life and their inner world. Right. So it's like you are what you eat, you know, like who you surround. Like there's this quote that says, um, you're surround, like you are who, like something about the five people in your life that you hang out with the most is kind of like your results. Something like that. There's a quote about that. So for me, it's all about, like I remember when I graduated college, when, when I was about to graduate college, I changed my whole network. Not my whole network, but yeah. I changed a lot of my friends, like entrepreneurs, mm. um, kind of like a healthy lifestyle. And um, a lot of t- a couple of close friends of mine got me the fitness startup job. Mm. So for me, it's all about surrounding yourself with people and creating the high vibration to create the life that you want. Thank you so much for saying that's so true. I mean, yeah. this is crazy what you just said, to be honest, because I even made the experience myself. I used to hang around people, you know, even like back in the UK, who basically didn't see what I believed in. Mm-hmm. They didn't see it, which is not, not a bad thing. It's just how they live life. But then you have certain people in life who even try to reflect what they feel about themselves and their lives on you. Ooh. Honestly, it's crazy how that happens. But yeah. then at some point, you Same just kind of, kind, of, you kind of get caught up in this environment of those people and you even start to believe what they tell you. You kind of even believe and see the same things as they want to see it. Mm -hmm. And you kind of forget about what your mission is and what you would like to accomplish in life. You don't Mm -hmm. even see it anymore. You don't see it as a reality. And I truly believe that really hurts yourself, right? And when I realized that, I said, no, you know what? I understand that I basically, at the end of the day, we have to understand that we are also the product of our environment too. Yes. That's definitely what we are too, right? And yeah. if I feel like if we surround ourselves with the wrong people, we're going to get the product out of that, mm-hmm. which is not really seeing us anymore as who we are and what we are capable of. Yeah. And that really was a moment for me, kind of really like a mind-blowing experience when I realized I can't do this anymore. And honestly, Ryan, I had this moment when I woke up in the morning, I really true, and I felt like I can't even get up anymore. I couldn't get up anymore because I didn't see the point of getting up right now living this life as I did because Mm -hmm. I felt like that's wrong. That's not me. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was the point. But for me in life when I felt like, okay, I just got to change everything now. I even have to leave the country. I even have to go somewhere else. Really, honestly. Hmm. And I did because I knew if I don't, that's it. 
this is going to be it. I knew for a fact that if I'm not changing that right now when I felt it, then I will never going to change it. You know those feelings when you have a moment when you feel like, okay, I know I have to act right now. Yeah. If I don't, that's it. I got it. I can't really postpone anything here right mm -hmm. now. I got to do this. So when was that for you? When, yeah. when did you have that? So when you were talking the past couple of minutes, yeah. I just had like reflection of my life the past few years. So for example, oh, wow. in the San Francisco Bay Area, it's like the culture is very different. And I've always like loved like SoCal and Los Angeles my whole life ever since like, I've been like traveling here yeah. with my family. So for example, um, I got offered the Doctor's Monster job, I believe, in late April or mid-April of 2018. Uh -huh. And I had a different, like, creatives and, like, a network of people in L.A. And um, when my dad found out that I was, like, in Los Angeles looking for, like, apartments and all that, um, he told my immediate side of the debt of the, of the family. So, basically, my you know, like my aunt, uncle, my yeah. other uncle, my yeah. grandmother, my grandfather, and all that. Yeah. So they're like the Bay Area culture and especially the Korean culture is kind of like a homebody lifestyle. Okay. And kind of like, you know, for example, my, my grandfather, when he was living at the time, you know, he was he's very traditional. Like all families, members live together. You do like a steady kind of job. It's kind of like an Asian culture lifestyle. Right. So for me, it's like when they found out, a lot of them were skeptical. Like, um... I don't want to get too personal, but for example, my aunt, she's she's very petty in terms of kind of me living in Los Angeles, doing like America's Got Talent. Like when she found out I was doing America's Got Talent, like when I said that to my dad, she was like, what? And all that. So for me, it's like she like, I don't know why she gave up or like when she stopped doing the um, the painting and the art stuff. She was living in New York in her 20s with her um, boyfriend, which is now my uncle now. Mm. But it's like. I'm sure like this like her negative thoughts like how she sees the world is like she brings that energy and just her upsetness with me like when I moved to LA and just her like like kind of like skepticalism and I heard from my dad like a year or so ago when I was talking with my sister and dad at times she was like oh like Ryan's living in Los Angeles like she was kind of like still skeptical so it's kind of like like who you are inside your world is how you're gonna reflect it to some people, but you shouldn't reflect that on me. That's right. And also, like when um, the week before I moved to Los Angeles, like my uncle, basically my aunt's husband, was also skeptical too. Mm. He's like, everyone makes mistakes in life, you know. Yeah. Like, I, you know, obviously I did some crazy stuff in college, mm. you know. And everyone knows my mental health story and all that. But for me, it's like, you know, the people that you surround yourself with. So, for example, my a couple of immediate sides of my dad side like my aunt it's like whenever I, i'm with her she's kind of like like we still love each other but and all that but we're so different you know mm -hmm. so like the bay area it's like i can't be here anymore so i remember um right when i got offered the job for the doctor's monster i was like this is happening right you know i was like saving my money like i knew i was going to move to los angeles like 2019 or or so maybe 2020 yeah but like I found out that I was going to move earlier due to having more money logistics and all that. So like I made it happen like a lot faster than I expected. And it was happening so quickly. Yeah. And I was like I was like kind of bitter and resentful of San Francisco because, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, like with full house and like the San Francisco culture was so like kind of more family oriented and mm -hmm. now the, the um the SF culture has changed like greatly because of tent companies and okay. all that, and just right, makes sense. just the housing crisis and all that. So like I, I I knew in the moment like for a whole year and a half yeah. of when I graduated to when I was before I moved to LA that I was like so like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So right when I got offered a job like that same week, I did like my last um, job with the New York production company, and then that I think the day after the job ended, I came here to like do apartment hunting. So right when I got offered the Doctor's Monster. It was like, this is happening. That's and awesome. Like, though. Yeah. That'd so be, that was the first project. Yeah. You, really. So when we met, when did you come to LA at that point? When, so, when did you arrive in LA? Then? So I moved May thirty first of twenty eighteen. Everyone knows I I always announce my one year anniversary, and then the next day I did the Doctor's Monster. You kidding? So it was pretty <laughs> That's bananas. Hilarious. So that means when we met, that was the second day for you, pretty much in LA. Yeah. Wow, you never told me that. <laughs> yeah, and like... That's crazy. Yeah, so um, Renee, awesome. like Renee knew, like, 
like when um she was hiring me for like a first AD job. Yeah. That I was like it was like over thirty degree or forty degree increase from San Francisco, cold foggy to Oh it was hot. To the riverside. So I was like it was hot. I was like mentally like not there. I was like sweating, I was dizzy and like just the transition of moving obviously it's tough you need like a good week or two to adjust so i was i still wasn't like my mind wasn't like fully clear just to be honest you know but you did a great job i couldn't tell thank you no seriously no i remember we went to riverside right which a lot of people might know which is more like into california yeah right which is a little more palm springs area Mm -hmm. i feel like which is super hot yeah i mean i remember when we've been on set it was kind of a desert kind of feeling almost oh my God. Like, right i mean it was super hot it was like definitely in the hundreds whatever i was not Seriously. ready for that yeah I, even i wasn't even ready i was already <laughs> in la for about a year or two right? yeah i wasn't even ready for it because riverside is a different game mm-hmm. but um honestly i really appreciate and sharing your story by the way thank you so much for doing that because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's so interesting that you say that because i even realize or kind of it reminds me of my same of my life as well because I'm always saying like you you have people you love and people love you, but mm-hmm. that doesn't always mean that everyone fully understands how you see your life. Totally, which yeah. is fine, which is okay. But I think it's really about just respecting and accepting each other's lives. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing, and I think we sometimes forget about that in the yeah. world of you know social media and everything. I think it's all about respect. Just because I believe my life should be like that doesn't mean that I think the same about your life. And But mm-hmm. I really also accept, expect you to think the same way as mm-hmm. I do to you, you know? Yeah. And that's really something that I'm always trying to, to do. I'm always trying to treat people the way how I want to be treated, you know, totally, by them. Yeah. I think that's very, very important to me. That's even what I learned in L.A. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to talk a little bit more about the film side of things too, obviously, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but also coming to the mindset. We talked about mindset now a little bit more, even about life. But when it comes to working in film, right? Mm-hmm. And you just said that too, when it comes to the uh, financial aspect, when you have to be financially stable, you know, and you mentioned before, when you came to LA, you kind of saved up some money to make sure that you are okay at the very beginning, yeah. right? Um, and we also talked about that in different episodes about the financial thing. So what would you say, what should someone do if you come to LA? What's very important? What are the key major things, the three major things, let's say, that someone have to keep in mind and have to be prepared for when they come to Los Angeles? Okay, so several months before I moved to mm-hmm. Los Angeles, so yeah. that um, woman, Erica Warnick, Hollywood Success Coach, mm. she wrote a book called um, something about LA Bound, The Guide to Moving LA or something, and right. I bought like an ebook of it. So um, it has like a lot of steps, and there's always articles online, but a lot of the key things on that is have a good like emergency fund, kind of like three to five months or so mm. of like savings of like living expenses because you know like you have to do a security deposit or like groceries like what if work is slow because you just moved like if you don't have like a salary like fifty thousand dollars a year job for this big production company yeah you know if you do freelance like what i did i had like a cushion for like an emergency mm. you know and then obviously you need to have like a good sort of like a network of people that you know so i knew a few people um in the like when it was happening and um i also had two college bros that um from san francisco state that were that live in los angeles so i had that and then third i would say is the mindset um because like when you move to los angeles like it's a totally different life you know like for example my cousins um so basically the, the aunt that i mentioned um her her son basically my first cousin his cousins um basically moved to los angeles around the same time as me um aspiring to be graphic designer and um kind of a writer Mm. and they didn't really like they grew up in livermore and they're great people but they didn't have like the entrepreneurial like the strong mentality mindset because when you're in la it's like it's a lifestyle you gotta like grind grind all the time so i definitely recommend like having a strong entrepreneurial mindset and like always keeping strong despite you know the challenges and like moving because like you're gonna be lonely a lot sometimes you know because like this huge city Mm. you know like when i was in san francisco it was like a nine mile bubble so yeah i definitely recommend a good um emergency fund um what was the third thing is like um connections connections right 
and then also uh, mm-hmm. the mindset. Mm. Yeah. No, I really appreciate it. You said something so true. I mean, by the way, I also wanted to talk about that for a second because a lot of people, what you just said, those three things are very important, right? But I think even a lot of people just ask themselves, okay, so let's say I, I, I have the money, right? I have five, six months saved up, so I'm okay. I can rent an apartment or even a, I mean, apartment would be great, but you know, sometimes it's just a room at the very beginning, as yeah. you know, right? But then let's say I also have the mindset, right? But let's say I just don't have any connections whatsoever. So let's say I don't know anybody in this town, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. Okay, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to get the start? How do I start? Who do I connect with and how do I do it? So what would you say right now you do to get to new projects? How do you kind of connect yourself with new people that you don't even know maybe? So I think a lot of people want to know, Okay, I come to LA, I got the money, I got the mindset. Okay, now let's go. I want to work on my first project. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. How would you guide people at the very beginning? What yeah. would you tell them? So based on like my experience and also a lot of my other colleagues and people that I've worked with, they told me their stories quickly sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, like there is like stage32.com is great. It's kind of like a LinkedIn for creatives. That's right. You can meet like stage32 meetups. There's also like... You know, there's different job websites. For example, like Staff Me Up, Craigslist. Um, there's others like Facebook group posts, and like sometimes they like like have like good like you know rates for jobs. Mm. So even like for example, Craigslist, you don't know like what type of email it is, but sometimes it could be a big job. So for example, for sure. um, I applied to be like an AD or first AD for like an indie film, and I had no idea what it was. And it, the first film. Like, so this one I did was a sequel. The first one was kind of was an indie hit, and I didn't know that until I met the producer, director, actress, slash writer from the first one. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and the second one is huge. So now I have that connection, and that was just from a freaking Craigslist post. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I think a lot of people would never expect something like that, to, like finding on, yeah. on Craigslist. So that's yeah. awesome. So yeah. you just found the like, how how was that for you? You found like a random post. With like a feature film post, yeah. Talking so, about the um, position you if you to look apply, on you? Los Angeles Craigslist, yeah. um, gigs crew section, right? Um, there's like all these job posts. Like I got an AD job today from it, and oh, um, nice. so basically, I forgot what the post said, but it talked about like AD or PA for this um, indie film, and I believe I, I applied for the PA thing. But I talked about. I'm a first AD job I did a couple months ago, and I did really good at it. Yeah. And then she offered me the first AD job, like, out of the whim. Nice. And, like, we just had this, like, meeting at Starbucks in, like, the West Hollywood area. But that's, so. that's and honestly, you got to tell everybody, this is the best confirmation ever, right? I yeah. Mean, honestly, if you did a great job, and out of a sudden, the same person comes around and said, hey, you know what? We're going to work on that. I like your attitude. Please, we want you to have. Totally. That's, I mean, that's the best like yeah. confirmation you can get right I mean, yeah that's crazy so uh, and also <clears throat> you said something so right and i we always talk about that and i'm always saying that every time i mean even if you are a creative person in this town mm-hmm. right and you want to work in film and you have this creative thing within you that's one that wants to come out you cannot i'm always saying you cannot forget your business head you have to also have your own business head on because at the end of the day, you're kind of running your own company within yourself. You yeah. are the company. You are the product totally. pretty much. So what would you say like and how do you go about that? Because some people are just not naturally born, let's mm. say, business people or salespeople because at the end of the day, that's what I do almost every day, right? As an actor, you got to sell yourself. You got to be like the salesperson for yourself. Mm-hmm. So what would you say? Is there anything that you basically feel like, hey, that's really what I learned about myself when I came to L.A.? I didn't have that, but now I have it because I know I need it in this town. If I don't mm-hmm. have that, I'm going to lose out and I cannot have that happen to me. Hmm. What would you say is that? Is that also like the, to have even the business mind even more so? In my experience, um, before I moved to Los Angeles, you know, I was yeah. following like Tony Robbins, Brandon Richard, yeah. and reading those books. But when I moved to LA, it's like a totally different culture and lifestyle. Yeah, right. So like when I visited for fun when I was younger and all that, like I was just going there for fun. But as like as a resident of Los Angeles, I had I, it was like a total curveball. So yeah. for me. Um, when I went through like the the no's and like the rejections and can't practice getting canceled, especially when um, March 2020 happened, you yeah. know, it's all about 
for me, um, you know, entertainment industry is a lifestyle. It's not a job. It depends what um, projects, though. But ultimately, like who you are is your business. You know, it's like, you know, you got to do like the Spotify interview podcast. You got to like go to these networking events. So for mm -hmm. me, it's all about managing time and scheduling yourself to have like your downtime. Like, for example, I love watching like TV shows on my downtime and other stuff, too. But you also got to find like schedule. You got to schedule also, you know, your networking time, like applying for jobs. And like, you know, it's, it's all about just managing and making sure that you're sane, but also like creating a, a life and lifestyle that you're comfortable with, but also like working hard at the same time. So, for example, you know, with like meetup events or like f film Facebook groups, like mm. you could find people there, like from job postings or just going to like some random like hiking meetup and you can meet a creative there right so for example i did this hiking meetup a year or two ago and then the leader the host um her husband like directed the saw movies and like was a big editor wow. so it's kind of like you have to do it consistently in networking and all that and have the mindset but also schedule downtime at the same time totally and that's so true that you say that and I, that's even something that i learned for myself because mm -hmm. when i came to la and i'm always saying that i was so focused on okay I got this dream, I got this goal, I got to do this now, right? Yeah. And you just basically focus 150% all of your time in your life that you have, all those yeah. 24 hours, pretty much like towards that one goal. And then at some point you just wake up, as I did, and you just realize, oh my goodness, there's also like a life I have mm -hmm. beside the, the industry, right? Yeah. Outside of the entertainment industry. And I think that's so valuable to really take on and and realize and really respect that mm -hmm. i think that's really something that where you can get even new energy out of because yeah. sometimes i don't know how you feel about it but sometimes i have to take myself out of the entertainment totally industry yeah and have to do something completely different because i would go nuts if i don't mm -hmm. seriously right you, you know it's kind of this kind of you're running around like a circle almost like doing the same thing because you know okay this is how you have to do it in order to yeah. move on with your career but then at some point you just feel like okay i gotta get out of this wheel you know, I got to do something else. Maybe if it's just for a day going down to the beach, that's what I usually do. Like going for a run and just have some off time mm -hmm. and just really trying to recollect myself mm -hmm. and then just go back into that really helps yeah, me a totally. lot. It's crazy. You kind of get kind of a different perspective on it too, you know, because you know how it is. Sometimes if you do certain things too often and too much, you kind of lose yourself and you can't really see it anymore as for what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, if you ever experienced something like that. You just get caught up in so much stuff that's always around you and the city kind of tends to have you always under control mm -hmm. that you kind of have to stop sometimes and just be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Got to get out of here. That, that, that's yeah. just for a day. Just mm -hmm. give me 24 hours and I'm going to be back, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's really also something I always want to talk about that too which is something that you mentioned already and you said, okay, the business mind obviously is something that you that you have to have. But also from another perspective, talking about the opposite thing. So when do you say no to a project? So let's say someone Ooh. is approaching you, Ryan, and says, you know what, Ryan, hey, we worked on this project a year ago and I really liked how you worked and now we're working on this project, blah, 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 and we would love to have you on that as blah, blah, blah. And you read it. Let's say you have a post and they sent you some information, even the payment, whatever it is, and you read all that. But then you just get the feeling, I, 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 just, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I just can't do it. Well, when is that for you and why is that? Hmm. So a good experience that I had a few months ago was, yeah. so um, when I mentioned that good colleague that taught me about lining when I was sometimes doing like a PA job and when I edited those, those wedding videos, uh -huh. um, he, him and I did... Um, this um, music video shoot and um, the next I think two days later or the next I, yeah it was two days later um, I thought it was going to be the same musician that we worked with that day but it turned out that it was the previous client um, that worked well with us the, the um, summer before and that client music slash musician is close friends with my colleague that I worked with but he did something really sketchy with not communicating with me about a job that I was gonna supposed to do. So for me, it's all about communication and making sure that things are in the same mm -hmm. wavelength of hiring. That's one big thing. For sure. So when that happened, and when my um, colleague, I won't say his name, when he said, oh, it's, it's this shoot with this name slash that client, I said, 
I told him basically what went down, and he respected me. And since we communicated about that, right. we were um, okay with me not doing the project. I also am very big with um, payroll process and like how you receive payment because like money should be used as a tool to feel your dreams and like live life. Mm -hmm. So if payment processes and the payroll process of receiving your payment is vague and sketchy and kind of like not smooth, like that's another red flag. Like if there's no like you know, like deal memos or like contracts, that's a little red flag. But if it's like the small shoots, mm. it's fine if it's like Venmo or something. Yeah. And also for me, it's all about what's the vibe of the director, what's like the cast and crew, um, like number. Another big thing like during this health crisis is um, <clears throat> the um, health and safety protocols. So I'm currently like, um, I, I believe I'm going to do a behind the scenes photography photography videography for music video shoot next tuesday and i'm still finding out about the ppe and like the um the COVID testing stuff yeah so for me it's all about all those things because like if there's something that's not like good and off i'm not going to do it so yeah. for that client that i turned down because he was just dis disrespectful because i understand that different people communicate in different ways but the way i work and the way i live was not how i like that experience yeah yeah i mean it's always about the, the feeling yeah. that you get too right that mm -hmm. means even if someone is communicating differently and mm -hmm. it's not just maybe just responding in the next hour or so that's yeah. that's okay but i feel like you always get a certain vibe with with anything mm -hmm. people do you know yeah. and sometimes i personally even believe like even if you get the right answer back if the vibe is just not there if you don't yeah. feel it with the person or with the overall environment you just don't do it, right? Because I feel like at the end of the day, you just can't sell your soul for something just because you believe now you have to do every project in order to further your career. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of counterproductive. You know, mm -hmm. you're basically working against yourself. Um, but that's also very interesting. And also for the audience, you know, if people now are interested in maybe getting, the, let's say, the first job as a production assistant, right? So let's say they work as a PA on set and they get this new opportunity. What would you say, what would you advise them on? Okay, these are very important things to keep in mind as a production assistant, let's say. If you want to do a good job, you have to do exactly this, this, and that. What would you say to them? I would say don't do something that's not in your department. Mm -hmm. um, listen, don't do. So by, it might be a weird quote, but it's kind of like only li listen and do things when you're told. So like don't, obviously don't touch the camera department stuff. Like if someone asks you to do something, like listen to like the first AD producer, like the higher people, then do it. Mm -hmm. So don't do something that's not in your job position, you mm -hmm. know, and also um, always like make sure and be like aware of what's going on because you might need to do something soon. So like, let's say like we're about to like wrap the whole day, you should like, you know, start wrapping crafty and all that. Yeah. So it's always being aware of what's going on and listening, you know, don't doing because if you like just randomly touch like a DIT location, I had experience with a line producer accidentally touching parts of a DIT and five or six shots like got shut down and we had to Kidding. we had to do um like those scenes again. I won't say the name. Ooh. It's an indie film and it's a prolific actor, but like the camera people were mad. I remember having dinner with them. Um so you lost the takes pretty much. You lost Yeah, the so basically what happened we were doing this indie horror film. Yeah. And it was in like some studio in Anaheim. And what happened was like the DIT, the, the video files were loading and the line producer was trying to move some stuff or organize. I forgot what he was doing. And then I saw him like freak out and flinch a bit. And then he talked to the producer um, about what happened. And then basically five or six shots of like one or two scenes like is gone. And then we had to do the whole thing again. And I remember like the DP, like when he heard that he just like froze. And I remember I uh, when I had lunch with <clears throat> a few colleagues <throat> from that shoot, like before the last shooting day, they were like talking bad about what happened. Yeah. So like, I won't say the name, but it's just, you, you can't, don't touch stuff that's not your department. Right. You know? I mean, that's kind of yeah. the worst situation ever. I mean, you think about that. that that's, yeah. oh my goodness. I feel like, 
<clears throat> I mean, sometimes some kind of technical issue comes up, right? Where basically you have the SD card and out of a sudden it's not working anymore, which is out of everyone's hand that no one yeah. can control that, right? But something like that, oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's really, really bad. I mean, and it's awesome that you also say that for the audience if someone is interested in becoming a production assistant because I also think that a lot of people still have maybe had the perception, hey, if I'm going to be a production assistant, I do as much as I can for yeah. everybody because then I can show how good I am in, in everything I do. Yeah. Right? I think that's exactly the opposite of what you should do, as you just said, mm -hmm. which is very interesting to me because I feel like like too much is not always better right mm -hmm. i think sometimes it's just as you say just do what you were supposed to do what people tell you listen to it and then react to it right mm -hmm. and just don't do stuff just because you now have to prove yourself yeah that's very awesome that you said that yeah awesome. like in my experience that's awesome. like interesting if i have to do like a task or something is like slowing down i'm not gonna like do the task that needs to happen yeah in a different department because what for example what if like there's a battery change that needs to happen with an Ari Alexa Mini? Yeah. And then I do it and then the whole camera battery location just breaks down. Yeah. And that's gonna be my fault, you know? Right. So it's all about like communicating and like making sure that, you know, just do your department because like if oh, good example is um I did an A D job for a music video shoot a few months ago for this indie kind of folk band and mm -hmm. The makeup artist was helping out a bit with our department and moving it, and I believe the lamp, one of the lamp fell, fell and broke. You right. know, so it's like, don't have different people doing so many different things. Like, yeah. I've mentioned this in like posts before. So I worked on the Dead Files. I don't mind saying this name because a lot of people say it's not the greatest mm. shoot sometimes. So like. Okay. The field producer sometimes was like doing art department, right? And I was I was a grip gaffer, stunt driver, stand in the PA. So like what? Yeah. So I've every a lot of people know about this, and like I don't mind saying it out loud because it's it's crazy because like I I have done like the grip and gaffer stuff, but they wanted me they wanted me to be a stunt driver, and I did like this stunt driving scenes for the Mustang for the host of. The show so like the host is great but it's like they wanted me to do so many different things the stunt driver wow just like that I yeah mean, so she was like i need she, oh, wow. so the production coordinator said i need you to do that and like the dp said are you are you something like do you take orders for or are you comfortable doing it and i just in the moment i just said yeah, yeah i'll do it because it's just a job to make things run smoothly because i get it the other pa was like doing other stuff yeah so like I just did the, the task because it's just the job. I wanted to yeah. do well. I just, I was just, I that's just how I roll. I understand. I mean, well, that put you on the spot too, yeah. right? I mean, come on. What do you say? You say no? Because yeah. Because here, hello? I mean, yeah. who else does that? Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> yeah. And when I was doing like grip and gaffer stuff, like like the DP was asking us to like move equipment out of the backyard. But I was doing so many different things and it was really hot. I was getting dizzy. And yeah. I was like, I'm doing so many different tasks. Like it's hard for me to do it like right away. Yeah. And like the uh, media manager was mad and like did it herself because I was slow. Then she talked to pro the production coordinator about me and I was like, it was just, it was a crazy situation. Right. Because for me, like I know I did the best I could yeah. on that project, but I don't mind that they were sometimes mad because I know inside and the other PA knew that we, we were doing so many different things. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, <clears throat> thank you so much for saying that. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, you know, you kind of like, you feel like, I'm in between all those things, right? And now you're putting me on the spot and the car is here and you don't have anybody to drive. So, and you're asking me, I mean, what if I just would have said no now? What, yeah. what then, right? So, I mean, it almost feels like the situation you just described, there was actually no second option for you, yeah. you know? There was just the yes, obviously. Of course I do it, you know? Yeah, like, there was no way out. Yeah, in the know? moment, I was like, why isn't there, like, a stunt driver? Exactly. And I was like, but it was like a, it's one of those, it was one of those shoes <laughs> that's, like, less crew, so sometimes you have to do multiple different things, yeah. but it's like... Wow. Five different job positions, and, like, <laughs> it was to the point that I have five IMDb credits from that one episode. Wow. So, well, it was but, something else. But, hey, but you made it. You're yeah. still here. I appreciate that. But I also wanted to ask you, because, uh, obviously, 
you definitely want to also do more filmmaking. You want to do you own your own projects. You want to yeah. direct. And so, what is your situation right now? What is your your process right now? So, do you also write yourself? Are you mm -hmm. working on your own project already right now as we speak? Is there anything you can already talk about? So currently, right now, mm -hmm. I'm not directing or like <clears throat> creating my own personal projects. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I first moved to LA, I did like some directing. Like I did some music video, like videography directing, and like. I did DP, um, directing, editing for a couple music videos, yeah. 2018 and last year. Right. But for me, it's like a challenge because, you know, especially with this health, health crisis, you know, like any job is like a job and just, mm. you know, no, no job is below you. Mm. So like sometimes I have to like do like this, like NBC TV show, like America's Got Talent just to like pay for my car you know yeah so like yes. as of right now i have like a couple projects in mind but it's just the finances and getting a production company and pitching it yeah. to someone to make it happen but i also you know like i'm doing american idol next week and that's going to be like 12 mm. hours a day or so you know so for me it's like finding the time and energy to make my own personal project to like get a better directing reel and find representation and mm. all that but also like making a living and like surviving you know because i don't want to like run on hundred dollars in my bank account you yeah. know and like just to direct my own projects yeah. you know but I, honestly i have no doubts i feel like you have the right mindset the right attitude that you, you're going to make it happen at some point eventually mm -hmm. right i think and you're totally right sometimes just life comes in the way and just life is there and you have to pay the bills at the end of the day and we always talk about it it sounds very simple but at the end of the day if you want to yeah. have a roof over your head and you want to have food on the table yeah you need money Mm -hmm. it's how simple is that right you need mm -hmm. money and if there's a project right now it's because especially because of the crisis and you need money because there's not a lot of maybe stuff that was happening over the last one and a half years right mm -hmm. which is how it was for everybody mm -hmm. so you just got to make sure that you earn enough money to just keep moving right yeah. that's just kind of a part of the process so i totally understand and by the way <clears throat> i know we, we're running out of time oh my goodness we're talking for so long already i can't believe it but i also definitely i don't want to spoil anything but I can't forget what you mentioned to me last night that it left you speechless. You watched the James Bond movie, No Time <laughs> to Die, guys, right? It's definitely No Time to Die for us today. But um, just describe it for me a little bit. I mean, you know, you know, I know you're very good at describing things without even, like, spoiling or, like, talking about something mm -hmm. in the movie. But when you watched the movie last night, and the new James Bond movie, and I know a couple of people I know already watched it and have the same kind of feeling as you do... Mm -hmm. The first moment you sat down and the movie started and you watched the first couple of minutes, how did you feel about that? Even comparing it to all the other James Bond movies, because you, you remind me, you watched all the movies, you know, all the James Bond mm -hmm. movies, right? How would you specifically compare this one, which is also the last one of Daniel Craig, obviously, mm -hmm. to all the other ones? If you can, can explain that. Yeah, like I said when the podcast started, so Casino Real was the mm -hmm. first feature film that I saw yeah. by myself. And yeah. I was 12 years old. I was that was the first time that I was starting to buy DVDs and like getting into like the film kind of movie business. So I think for me this five movie franchise has been a huge part of my entertainment watching life. So like I did like not see a lot of the Bond movies before this. I did like a, a marathon for the past year of a lot of the Conneries, um Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton and other stuff. I've seen all the Pierce Brosnan movies, a couple of them last year. So, but the Craig movies has, have been like a huge part of like my middle school, high school, college. Mm. So I felt this film also due to the delay of, it was first supposed to come out April 2020. That's right. Yeah. So that was like the first time I was like, oh, this is real life. And like, for me, it was just heartbreaking for the, the release date delays for this. But this is also like a five movie, like franchise technically, because this whole five movies is a whole like story. So when I was watching it, and especially the first couple minutes, but especially the last five or so minutes, I'm not going to spoil anything, but to me, I felt that, and also the action climax, when I was experiencing it, and I also saw it at AMC Universal City Walk, um, the biggest IMAX in LA. Right. Like to me, like this didn't feel like just like a movie. It felt like a pop culture event. Oh, so wow. when I was watching it with all these people, I felt like I'm experiencing like an event of like, pop culture and media because like daniel you know like obviously bond is like a huge iconic you know novel and also a franchise ever since like i think the early 60s or 50s yep that's so right. mm -hmm. so for me it's like some moments i was like 
I'm experiencing something special. And also I saw it in this huge IMAX theater and all that. So for me, I just, I definitely felt the emotion of like, this isn't, this is like a truly, this is truly an experience that, you know, I'm never going to forget. Yeah. And then like the last five minutes is just, woo. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, technically it's like, you know, it's Daniel Craig's like final movie as yeah. James Bond. Right. You know, and like, it was very profound. And by the way, I mean, it's always hard to say because every actor brings something else to the table, right? Yeah. But I have to ask you now because you just told me you watched all the James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. That means you also know all the James Bonds. You basically yeah. saw them in action in every movie. Who's your favorite? Daniel Craig. Really? Yeah. Inter- I didn't expect you to say that. That's well, I feel that Craig like brought a more... Also because of the producers and what their visions were and how the directors direct actors. Interesting. Um, but I feel that these Craig movies was a more psychological human and more um, gritty, um, natural portrayal of like a man. You know, even if he was like a, like a 007 agent, it was a more human and si- side of who he was. Interesting. And just his his like, you know, final performance as Bond to me was felt like this. I felt like Daniel Craig was like, this is truly who I am. I am James Bond. And then Sean Connery is t- like second. I thought he was like a more charismatic, but also a good action hero. Yeah. But Daniel Craig for me was like the best. Also because I have bias because it was the first movie I saw by myself, Casino Royale. Interesting. So that's interesting that you say that. I mean, we have to finish up, but this one last thing, which is very interesting to me. So that means for you personally, you even see the involvement of, this person who was yeah. the agent, you know, always yeah. for a lot of people now becoming this human, becoming this human being, almost like we can even more identify with him now as a person yeah. rather than just seeing him as an agent. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And you feel like that James, that Daniel Craig basically in the last one really captured this feeling for you to be like, okay, I can see him now as the person, James Bond, and not just the agent. Yeah, and also it was like probably... 13 or so years from like Casino Royale shooting to No Time to Die shooting. So like he had a long time of like the movies and like taking breaks in between. So but like definitely like the whole film, especially with his final scene felt like, you know, I've embodied, you know, James Bond, you know. Okay, I got to watch it now, guys. There's no way out. I definitely have to watch it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Before we end, though, where can people find you actually? Yeah, so um, I have a website. It's Ryan, R-Y-A-N-Cho.com. So Ryan-Cho.com. It has a description of who I am on the top. It has like my director reel, um, projects that I've done as AD, like other um, positions. And basically on the bottom, it shows my phone number, my email, and my social media links. So Ryan-Cho.com. Awesome. So now everyone can call him. Perfect. I yeah, love call that. Call me. I need a, I need a job. <laughs> I love it. I, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming out today. Yeah, I thanks really, for having really, me. I really, really appreciate it. And also for the, your insights. Honestly, that's really, really valuable because I feel like guys at home, right? I mean, if you want to become a production assistant and you want to come to LA, I think these are very in and outs and what you can do, what you should do, and also what you should not do, right? To really... Mm-hmm pay attention on all those things so thank you so much guys for watching today wherever you are right i know we have people watching from europe obviously from australia too from south africa even in south america i really appreciate you guys if you want to follow me you can do that on instagram it's at benjamin schnell s-c-h-n-l-u same on facebook same on youtube and please if you watch us on youtube please leave a thumbs up and also subscribe to my channel thank you so much guys and see you next time